you with a great pastor. Uh, let me just remind you, as I was coming in this morning, I met several ladies uh, out in the hallway, and they got after me. Matter of fact, I thought for a while they weren't going to let me even come in. And I thought the reasoning was that the pastor had called, you know, your, your pastor that you were, were, were coming to hear today and then vote on him later. Uh, I thought maybe that was the reason, but that wasn't the reason. You know why they didn't want me to come in? Because I didn't bring Mama with me. <laughs> they wanted to see Mama. So I, I, I told them that I would talk to Mama, and uh, next week, Lord's willing, or whenever I come back, then I will try to bring Mama. Maybe the reason she didn't come today was she'd heard it before. I'm not sure if that was it or not, but uh, maybe she didn't like it all that well when she heard it before, so she wouldn't sit through it again. But it is good to see you. It's good to be back, uh, back in your pulpit, and uh, God's, uh, God's going to work things out for, uh, for us, and uh, he always has, and he always will. The praise team uh, sing exactly what we feel about God. God's so good to us, and he's better by far than we deserve. So uh, today I'm going to be talking with you on a subject today uh, about, and my, and my title, and I apologize to the secretary. I knew that I was supposed to uh, send you an outline of a message so you could put it in the bulletin, but I completely forgot that until uh, Friday evening, and I knew that you wouldn't even take a call from me on Friday evening to put something in the bulletin. So, so here we are. Here we are, and the title of our message today is Hope, an Anchor of the Soul. Hope, an Anchor of the Soul. One verse that uh, is kind of my key verse today, and that's Hebrews the sixth chapter and the 19th verse, which hope we have uh, as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which endureth into that within the veil. So that's where we're going, a hope, and, and, and the Greek word for hope, and I'm not a Greek scholar by far, Jack probably is, uh, and uh, uh, I, I know that Larry is, but... Uh, uh, El peace is, uh, is, is, is the Greek word for hope, and it doesn't mean something like, like we may think about often, I hope you will come by to see me, or I hope it won't rain today, or uh, those kind of hopes. It is a sure thing. It's a sure thing, the hope that the Bible talks about today. And I've chosen Scripture uh, over in Titus, the second chapter, and I'm going to look at three verses, 11, 12, and 13. For the grace of God, and we're all aware of the grace of God, God's grace gives us those things that, that we do not deserve. He doesn't wait for us to deserve that. He gives us that grace, and we are saved by grace, uh, by the grace of God. For the grace of God 
hath, uh, hath, that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, to all people. So God's grace is not just a few. Let me just remind you, it's not just for the Baptists either. It's for, it's for anyone that recognizes God's goodness in sending his son Jesus Christ down from, uh, down from heaven to earth and then living among us and then dying on a cross for us. But I'm glad that that death wasn't it for Jesus. I'm glad that on that third day, he rose again. My friends, that is our hope, that these bodies, that these bodies will wear out, and mine has just about did that, folks. These bodies will wear out, but our hope goes further than this world that we live in. Our hope goes into the presence of an awesome God himself. So, what we're going to look at today, and I'm going to uh, try to, to dissect it. Well, let me finish the reading. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, to all people. God's grace, God's grace is given by God, and it is given for anyone that will allow His grace to affect their lives. Verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, and believe it or not, there's a lot of that in our world today, that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We are challenged. We are challenged as a child of God to live, listen to me, to live like a child of God. We're challenged to do that, not for salvation, not to receive that grace, but we are challenged to honor God by living like a child of God. And then, then verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What is that blessed hope? You are aware of that just as I am. That is one day that Jesus is coming back. Remember when he ascended up into heaven? He had his disciples around him. He ascended up into heaven, and he challenged them to go into all of the world and preach and teach and baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That was a challenge, and remember that they stood there just gazing. And I think I, I think I would have done that. I think I would have stood there. What happened to that guy? Where did he go? And an angel appeared to them and said, You men of Galilee. Now, let me put that in another, in another Holostonian uh, form. You church. You church. That's talking to us. He was talking to his disciples. That's talking to us. You church, why sit around gazing? Why sit around gazing? That same Jesus that you have saw, have seen taken up is coming back like he has gone. He went up, he's coming back. That, my friends, 
is the very next thing on God's calendar. How do I know what's on God's calendar? I have it right here. Right here is what God has said. Right here is what God's going to do. Right here is His promises. And I think I've said to you before that there are over 4,000 promises in the Bible. And all of them that hasn't already came true is true. And one of those, one of those biggest, we call them over at Huddleston, one of those biggest is that Jesus is coming back. And we don't know when, and I'm glad we don't. We don't know when he's coming back. But he is coming back. That's one of the next things on God's calendar is his return to earth to rapture the church out and take us up to be with him for all eternity. So let me just remind you, I'm going to look at briefly at three at, at, at three, uh, uh, three choices of hope. The very first choice is no hope. Is no hope. <coughs> Excuse me. Did you know that we as Gentiles at one time had no hope? Had no hope. Let me share scripture with you. I'm going to use scripture to back up everything that I'm saying today, the scripture that we're looking at is Ephesians, the second chapter, and the 11th verse. Wherefore, remember. You see, that remember is an important thing. We remember that Christ left heaven and came to earth. We remember that he lived among us. We remember that he died. In our place, he paid for our sins on the cross at Calvary, not his. That you being in times past as Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcised by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ. Can you imagine living without Christ? That's our hope. That's our anchor. That's our knowing that we are here. Listen to me. We are here today because we belong here today. We are wherever we work because we belong there. We are in school if we're still in school because we belong there. Why? God placed us here for a reason. And often in my sermons, and I'm probably, probably repetitive, but when you get my age, it's okay to be repetitive, okay? But one thing is that I am repetitive from time to time, maybe most too often, but I cannot imagine living like the Gentiles lived in the Old Testament before Jesus came to earth 
in the New Testament. And he came not only, well, he came for the Jews first, but the Jews kindly backed off. Let me remind you of something. Don't ever back off from God's plan. Don't ever back off from God's plan. God is going to support you as long as we are honoring Him in our life. He's going to love us even through times that are unlovely. He's going to love us and don't ever forget that you belong right where you are today. But there was a time that when God chose the Jews to be his special people, that they decided they were the only ones that God wanted. Don't ever get to where you feel like that. Don't ever forget, ever forget that everybody that we can come in contact with from day to day, Jesus Christ died for their sins just like he died for our sins. So the first hope we're talking about today is no hope. I'm glad that Jesus left heaven, came to earth, took on a body just like mine. May have been a little taller than I am, but uh, just like mine. I'm glad that he came and he knew who I was, and he knew who you was, but yet it was worth leaving heaven. You know what of all of the things that we're told about heaven in the Bible, what a beautiful place it is, no sickness, no death, no sorrow. I would have found it kind of hard to left to come down, for me especially. But Jesus chose to do that why did he do that? That you and I might be included in the plan of God. You're included if you're a child of God. You're included in God's plan. You are included in God's plan. The second hope that I want to talk about today is false hope. False hope is probably worse than no hope because false hope, it means that we are we we're counting on something that is wrong to begin with. And we feel like we're all right. We feel like we're all right. So let me share some scripture with you on false hope. Ephesians, the second chapter, the 12th verse again. That at that time you were without Christ. We're talking about before Christ came being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope. Having no hope. You know what, uh, and I, I did a lot of hospital visiting back when I was pastoring, and often someone would be put in the hospital and and they, they, they would be given no hope at all. They would be given no hope. And that certainly is an awful, awful thing to not have hope that, that somehow whatever is going on in our lives, 
it's going to get better somewhere down the road. Verse 12 again, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, the Jews, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. I'm glad. I'm glad that we are assembled here today with hope, with that hope, el peace, the Greek word, meaning that it's not that we hope that it will take place. We know that it's going to take place. We know by faith that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. We know by faith that he's coming back one day to take us out to be with him. So what do we worry about? Why, why do we worry so much? You know, statistics remind us that 90%, I believe it's 90% of the things we worry about never come true anyway. Why waste our lives? Why waste our lives worrying about something that is not going to happen? I guess over at Huddleston, that's in Bedford County, incidentally, I guess we call that werewarts. You ever heard the word werewart? And I hope there's no werewarts in here. I hope that we are standing, and if I knew it, we would stand it. We would sing it. We are standing on the promises of God. And my friends, that is solid hope. When we stand on the promises of God. When we go out of here today, we don't know what's happening, but we know who is going to go out with us, and that is none other than God and Jesus Christ himself through the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit himself. We know that he is going to be with us. So false hope, false hope, that is believing in something that is not going to take place. When I was studying and preparing, I got a call I think it was last week, early this week, about a lady that she and her husband are members at Hillsford Church. They were members under my pastorate. But her dad, 96 years old, has never made a profession of faith. Has never made a profession of faith. And she asked me when, when, when they got him home, would I come by and just talk with him? Now, I believe when I talk to people, I don't go running in, you better receive Christ or you're going to hell. I don't do that. I try to let them know that I love them. I love them as who they are. I love them like Jesus loves me, just like they are. But I love them too much to let them stay that way. But this gentleman, a nice guy, nice guy, and his daughter has talked with him before, and uh, I have talked with him before as well. But he don't believe in what we believe in. He believes this whole thing is just man-made. 
So you be praying for me. Sometimes this week, hopefully I will get in and talk with him. And my primary goal is to let him know that not only I love him, but his family loves him and God loves him. But when I was talking about this false hope, I thought about that. You may know somebody that just believed this whole thing is kind of man-made. But I don't believe that. I believe what the Bible says. So we've talked about no hope. We've talked about false hope. Now let's talk about true hope a little bit. But now is Christ Jesus who were sometimes far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. He's moving towards us. He's moving towards those that were once outside. Those that didn't have a chance. Those that didn't have a hope. That's why he came. That's why he came in order that you and I as Gentiles might have hope. And that hope is by faith. And that hope is indeed a sure thing. So I want to go back to the first scripture that I read to you, Hebrews 6, 19. I want you to keep this in your mind. Maybe make a note of it. Which hope we have as an anchor. Now, the Old Testament anchors meant something to those folks, and it does for you that are boating. Someone talked to me this morning about fishing on Smith Mountain Lake, and uh, I used to have a boat when Mom and I were young enough to ride it, but, uh, uh, and we had an anchor. Whenever we would want to stop, we'd toss out the anchor, and, and it would stay right there. That's what this hope is all about. It's our anchor. Now, we're not on a boat. We're not in the water. But it is our anchor in Jesus Christ. We know what he did. We know what he's going to do. We know where he is today. That is our anchor. That holds us steady. That holds us right where we are. Believing. Once we have accepted Christ, listen to me. Believing that we are a child of God. I don't always act like a child of God. That may surprise you a little bit, but I don't. And maybe you don't always act like a child of God either. But we're always a child of God once we accept Christ. And he loves us just like we are, but he loves us too much to let us stay that way. So we're going to look at, at, at three Choices of hope again. Let me just remind you, and I just see it in my notes here. Let me just remind you, what does true hope in Christ mean? I like this. It means that in 2023, nothing will happen in this world or in your life that disappoints God. Nothing, nothing will disappoint God because he knows 
who you are. He knows where you are. He knows where you're going. And he knows what's going to happen in your life. So, one of three things that are talking, we're talking about in true hope, the hope of Christ offers. What, what, what it offers to us. Thessalonians 2, 16 and 17. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us, I like that, hath loved us and does love us and hath given us everlasting life and good hope through grace. So we don't know what's going to happen in our lives from here out, but we know that it's going to be good because God knows what is going to happen. And we need to stand firm. We need to realize that that anchor that we have thrown out was in Jesus Christ himself. And we know that he is solid. We know that he is solid. And the writer again said, comfort your hearts and establish in every good word and works. That doesn't mean that we work for our salvation. We're saved by grace. We're saved by grace. The second hope under true hope is true hope we live with Christ. We will live with Christ. John 14, 1 and 3, and I've shared this with you before. Let not your hearts be troubled when he was talking to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Listen to this. Listen to this. That where I am, this is Jesus talking, that where I am, there you may be also. I did a message not too long ago at another church, and I made a comment that every person mentioned to me on the way out. And that comment was Jesus wants us to move in with him. That's what it says. That's Hallestonian theology. That's what I hear it saying when Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, that where I am, there I want you to be. One day, we walk by faith now. But one day, we won't walk by faith anymore. We won't need to. We'll walk by sight. We'll be in the very presence of Jesus Christ himself. And then thirdly, we have hope in Christ's return. We talked about this as, as we began our message today. Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, I, uh, I, I know that he's coming back. And let me just remind you of something. The disciples were just like the, us. They wasn't super-duper Christians. 
Paul was just like us. He wasn't a super-duper Christian, also he did some great things. But yet, when we know that Christ is coming back, we don't know when. The disciples knew that he was coming back, but expected him to come back in their time. You know, I'm glad he didn't. I'm glad he didn't come back in the disciples' time. I'm glad he didn't come back in Paul's time. Why? Because I had a chance to accept him as my Savior, just like they had a chance to accept him as their Savior. So one final point. True hope can only be found in Jesus Christ. Elpis, the Greek word. A sure thing can only be found in Jesus Christ. Now, we have found Jesus when we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. We, we found Christ. So now, we need to let that be our anchor. Number one, he loved us. He died for us. Number two, he ascended back into heaven. Well, on the, after crucifixion on the third day, he, he rose again. And then he stayed with his disciples 40 days on this earth before he ascended back into heaven in a resurrected body. And one day, he's coming back. You know who he's coming back for? Me. I like that. I like that. He's coming back for me. He's coming back for you. Isn't that awesome? After all that he went through, he's coming back. And he wants us to move in with him. Father, thank you again. Thank you for this true hope that we find, freely find it, in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you for reminding us today that this hope is an anchor, is our anchor to stay firm right where we are, knowing that Jesus has got this. He has got this. And may we allow him to have this. Your will be done. Father, if there's one in, this, in the house today that has never accepted Christ, I pray that the Holy Spirit is already knocking on that heart's door. And I pray that he will make that decision today and allow Jesus to become his anchor. And then maybe some of us are not quite as, as comfortable with that anchor. May we allow our faith to grow to where you want it to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. Our praise team is going to sing. If you will stand uh, as we sing, and uh, if anyone needs to make a decision, uh, you can come.